Welcome to Start With A Win, where we give you the tools and lessons you need to create business and personal success. Are you ready? Let's do this. Coming to you from Brand Viva Media Headquarters here in Denver, Colorado. It's Adam Contos with Start With A Win. You winning today, Mark? I am I'm winning today. Right on. Oh, yeah. I'm always winning. I love it. <laughs> Winning's a mindset, too, you know? It is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it, it's not just winning one you know, one little thing. It's, it's all those little things turned into big wins. That's right. And a, a life of wins and progress. Yes, what it's about. Progress, right? not perfection. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, uh, our guest today knows all about winning. Uh, Daphne E. Jones is an accomplished and seasoned digital technologies executive with over 30 years of experience in general management uh, and executive level roles at IBM, Johnson & Johnson, General Electric. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy hitter here. Uh, she was named one of Illinois' most, most powerful, influential women by National Diversity Council and Premier 100 CIOs by Computer World. She recently started her uh, started a company that teaches leaders how to prepare to serve on boards of directors. That's a great niche. I love it. Yes. I love it. Welcome, Daphne. Hey, great to be here. I just want I want to dance a little bit more. <laughs> there you go. I, I love it. We we start our day by dancing. That's right. Get that body moving. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I love what's behind you. It says win. What's the bottom say? Win when what? Win when they say you won't. Oh, right. That's actually the, the name of my the name of my book. Yes, oh, nice. I love that. Hey, you know what? We we got some like books that are close. It might start with a win, and yours is win when they say you. It, I love this. That's great. It was perfect, perfect in, for us to be together. It really totally. Was. Yeah, we're we're like you know connected here. We're connected with the win. You have an amazing story, Daphne, and I, I love this so much. You've done so many things and you've overcome so many obstacles in life uh, to get to where you are. I mean, it's Premier One Hundred CIOs, um, and and let's face it. That's kind of a, a nerdy white guy's world. You've definitely kind of overcome a lot of those different social challenges that we've seen instituted in society. Unfortunately, they're, they're there. But you are, I mean, you're killing it. And such a cool story. So I want to dig back into your history and uh, get to know you a little bit. You started your career as, we called them secretaries then, right? Is that? Yeah, they were secretaries. Now I know they're administrative assistants now. Yes. But yeah, I was told by my high school counselor that college was not for me. And uh, he said, you know, people like you, girls like you, meaning black girls, uh, won't make it in business. They, you, you need to become a secretary. He gave me an option of being a teacher too, which I thought was interesting that he put secretary and teacher in the same conversation because teachers have to know, I think, a little bit more. Um, but uh, he told me to be that. And so I did that. You know, when a white man who's paid to, to tell you what to do tells you what to do, you do what they tell you to do. And so I became a secretary for Women's Day magazine in downtown Chicago. And uh, I was working for the assistant uh, editor of the magazine. And there was all women in the secretarial pool. And there was all white men in the offices, which is funny. For a woman's magazine, it was all um, white men. And that, be that helped me understand that there's going to be this beginning of incongruous 
situations where men tell women what to do and, and things like that. Um, and so I b- did that. And, and then based on some mistakes that I made, I'm like, I'm lousy at this. I This could not be what it is for me. Could not be. You know what? I'm not going to be a secretary. I'm going to have a secretary. And it was from that moment that I started to say, I'm going to define my own narrative. I'm going to call my own plays. You know, even though I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that he was wrong uh, to, to put me in that in that limit, that limiting capacity. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a secretary. It's just that don't tell me that that's all I can do. Tell me that all I can do is what I want to do. I love that. That's an awesome attitude. And um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you know, I've got, um, I have two daughters. My wife is probably the, the best leader I know of in my life. And I'll, I'll tell you what, to for us to put people in a box in life is not the right thing to do. I think what we need to do is say, here's the opportunities, set the bar as high as you want to go. And then we're going to help you raise that bar and do even more and get even better. Yes. Yes. So it's, um, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, you ended up becoming a CIO and board member at major global companies. And I'll, I'll tell you, having been a public company CEO and board director, that is not easy for anybody. What made you set the bar at that level? How did you, uh, how'd you go from, I'm a secretary. No, screw you. I'm not a secretary. I'm doing this, this, and this. How did you uh, look that direction and and start running that way? I my mom is because of my mom. I'm going to blame her for everything um, because she <laughs> thanks she mom basically yeah thanks mom hey mom she said she said it's your you know whatever you set your mind to doing that's what you can do and um, because she was a Jamaican immigrant she cleaned bedpans for a living uh, my dad worked on the factory floor so they were undereducated but they knew that coming to America was going to be the dream and so she said. Education is everything and everything is education. So whatever you study and put your mind to, whoever has your mind, Daphne, has you. And so it, it helped me that in spite of the realist, the, the real discrimination or, or limiting and labeling that was going on, I also had my mom. Um, who was in the other ear saying, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. And so what I found out is I did not know at 20 or 19 or whatever that I was going to be a board member. I just said I wanted to be not a secretary and I want to go to college and decide what I want to do. And so then after I did that, then I said, I want to work for IBM. Okay, you know, done. Then at IBM, I said, I want to be a systems engineering manager. Okay, done. So you kind of do these series of leveling up, you know, it's like your iPhone is at version, the iOS is at version 16.01 or whatever it is now. It didn't start at 16. It started at version one and then it went to two. It didn't jump from one to 16. So neither did I jump from being a high school or college uh, graduate to being a board member. You just say, I want to level up. What's next for me? And then you follow role models, you see what other people are doing, and then it helps you kind of get an idea, okay, if they can do that, I see how they did that. Now, I'm a black girl, so it may not quite happen the same way for me, um, but I know that it's possible for me to get to another level. So that's kind of how I started, my mindset. I I love this. You are, you're an opportunist. You're not a victim. And you look at it of where's my, where's my opportunity and capability as opposed to I can't do something. Oh my God, yes. That's an interesting mindset shift. Unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah, there's the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. I didn't write the book, but I love it because there are people who believe that if if there's a hundred and they believe there's only a hundred, and if you get 10, they only got 90. 
or if you get 15, they only have 85. So they they believe that the opportunities are fixed. And I believe that uh, the opportunity for growth is there. So I haven't learned all I can. I haven't earned all I can. I haven't returned all I can. I have a lot to learn. I have lots to contribute and to give. And so when you have that mindset, then that's because your mind determines what you do. And then what you do gives you your outcomes. And so if you don't like your outcomes, you got to change how you think. And so I wanted to think a certain way because I wanted a certain kind of an outcome. And that's really what it is, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And and whoever has your mind, whether fix has your mind or growth has your mind, that's where you are. Bam. Wow. I mean, that was a (laughs) mic drop moment right there. I, I hear you. And one thing that I will never do is drop my mic because that's go. what people want you to do. They want to lower your ambition. They want you to hide your culture. They want you to to not show your diversity of thought. They want you to. Tr- I know drop the mic is a really wonderful thing. It's I don't mean it that way. But I remember people talking about dropping the mic. I'm like, I don't want to drop my mic. <laughs> yeah, keep your voice. Yes. Yes. Keep your voice. That's amazing. And there I mean. You just gave like this business and growth masterclass there in the last like couple of minutes. That was <laughs> that was really good. There are a few things that really stuck out to me. Um, I love the you know I'm I'm one of those consummate learners also, and I can't stress enough to our listeners. Daphne learns every day. This is a lifelong project of yours: is to gain something process it, create value with it, and then give it back. Give it out. That's right. Exactly. And it's it's right. interesting because we have all these people that that come in, they're like, oh, I got to learn. And you see the people in different businesses that, and you've been in major corporations, you see these people that go and they gather information, they'll go to a meeting and they'll be like, I'm not sharing this with anybody. You know, they're and information hoarders, information hoarders. <laughs> why, why is giving back so important for the for leaders? I mean, what 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 comes to mind from you? Because we go get it, we're like, this is awesome. I'm giving it to everybody that I can find as value. Why does that matter so much? Well, you know, we're not here by ourselves and we're not here therefore only for ourselves. And one of my role models is Harriet Tubman. And uh, she's actually sitting in, well, she's not sitting in my office. Uh, Her picture is sitting in my office where she was, uh, you know, trying to help the enslaved people get to freedom. And my my motto came from her. I, I call it the push pull the push pull strategy, because what she's doing in that picture is she's got a, a a rifle under her arm and a lantern in her hand, and she's going that way. And I think that way is north, um, and so she's going that way. But what's behind? So she's pushing towards dangerous. Uh, environment. She could get shot. She could get killed. She could get, you know, whatever, uh, as she goes into the forest and trying to find freedom again for the people. And then behind her, are she's pulling people along. So because unless everybody is free, nobody is free, right? If my brother's in trouble, I'm in trouble. If my sister's in trouble, I'm in trouble. So it's really, uh, in a way, a selfish concept that I have is that I got to help them because otherwise... I might be in trouble, right? And and so we are here together feeding each other, helping each other so that we can all win. Because, uh, you know, having a single person winning, what is that? Right. I don't know what that is. So it's a push-pull. Push your way forward to new adventures. Be the, be the unicorn if you have to be. If you can't see somebody that does what you do and looks like you, be that person that will be a role model to others. And then on your way, pull people along, send the elevator back down so other people can get on. It's really super important. 
That's awesome. I I mean, the, your giving mindset keeps showing through here. It's it's incredible. I want to talk about your career rising up in the businesses as a black woman in in this STEM space and this technology space, which it's especially you know as as you and I both were progressing in our careers. You didn't see black women rising in technology. It wasn't, you know, like it was a nerdy white guy sport. And and it's so awesome what you did. What was that like? You know, you had to overcome some obstacles. You you had to walk in some meetings and go, oh, all right. Yep. Yeah. Tell me tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. So with STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. I was the only one. Yeah. And and they say that if you're going to be it, you have to see it. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't see any of us or many of us that look like me. And so you walk in a room and there's a shift. People are like, who is that? Because, you know, you're different. Everyone else is in there that's white and they're men. And there's some women that were in there, certainly, but they certainly were not black. And so you can't help but be noticed. And and people didn't come running over to me to find out, you know, are you Diana Ross or, you know, are you Elvis Presley? I, whatever. I, I was not some rock star that they, they came over to. They kind of kept their distance. So that's sort of how it, it was in, in working at, at IBM and, and others. Because, and, I, and I, I have this philosophy, right or wrong, is that people that don't look like me may not be used to working next to somebody that looks like me. People that look like me are typically, as we took you know Aunt Jemima off the pancake box and we took Uncle Ben's off the rice box, we are people that they see as cooks. Or, or house cleaners or, or people who take care of their children. They don't see in me, when they first look at me, somebody who could handle a $100 million budget, right? Or somebody that can to be a succession uh, in the succession for a CEO or CFO or what have you. And so the typecasting happens and, and then they try to, they put you in a category that says you're not going to win. And so we have these, these seeds of misdirection that are planted all throughout our lives. When I was a little girl, all the way up until I was a senior vice president, you can't do that. That's really impossible. So these seeds of misdirection are planted and then you begin to believe it. You believe to say, well, yeah, I can't do that. You know, that's not for me. I, and so you have to have something in your mindset that says, I can do it. My counselor told me something that I thought was true. He said, this is impossible. Then you have to say, the word impossible is just somebody's opinion. It's not a fact. Sometimes impossible is a fact, but a lot of times it's really somebody's opinion and their biases. So the word that I had to gravitate towards was the word inevitable. It was just a matter of time. So Daphne, hang in there. You are the only one, but you won't be the only one forever. It's just a matter of time before it, it, it comes. So you have to, I had to perform really well. Um, just in case that some other black girl that comes after me, uh, they say, you know what, that we had a black girl named Daphne and it didn't work out so well. So we're not going to hire you. So you have to almost have this paranoia that you're doing it for the people. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for those that are coming behind you. So a lot of a lot of challenge around assimilation versus being authentic. Could I be my authentic self, whatever that is? Or did I have to assimilate to be like everybody else? 
So at IBM, you wear a pinstripe suit because that's what everybody else wore. And that's what the white men wore with burgundy pin, with burgundy, um, uh, I forgot the kind of shoes that we had to wear, but they were burgundy and they had little dots in them. And, and, and the, but I didn't get the same attention or the same respect. So you find, well, I, I can assimilate, but I won't get the same results. Or I can be authentic and I, I may not win there either. So it's a balance that you have to play is to be how should I be like where I can be myself, but also I have to not scare people away and I have to assimilate. So it's a daily balance of how to be. I, I love your awareness. You're so aware of yourself and, and leadership is awareness in three directions, in my opinion. It's awareness of yourself, it's awareness of others, and it's awareness of your business. And you just, you hit all three of those so succinctly where you've measured and managed your expectations and your actions around those. And you were just, you were very accountable with those. And, you know, accountability is, is witnessing. It's not judging. You know, you, you were witnessing everything going on. It just, this again is another, I'm eating this up. It's a leadership masterclass going on here with Daphne. It's fascinating what we're getting out of this information you're, you're talking about. I have a question for you. Having, been in a, a major organization, and I'm I still talk to a lot of large companies, a lot of companies just across holistically. We don't have to be large company, small pu- company, public, private, or you know a, a government entity. Could be any or all of these things. But how can each of us improve equality and and a fair playing field uh, for the people in our organizations? That's a phenomenal question. That's a million dollar question. It is, yeah. I mean, give us your give us your flyover of that. Well, as as my book, When When They Say You Won't, you know, talks about, I believe that most things begin with the mindset. If you have the the mind that diversity is important, that equity is important, and inclusion is important. A lot of times we first of all we're throwing it all together like like it's one thing. Uh, you can have a diverse organization and and it be inequitable, right? So it's not DEI, right. it's diversity, it's equity, and it's inclusion. But so it's the mindset. What what do we think about that? Do we believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion are business issues? Or do we believe that it's a parity or fairness or social justice issue? Because I tell you what, if we believe it's a business issue, like, you know, revenue growth or valuation, or uh, the cost of poor quality or market share, all these things that we value and know that if we don't do them well, we'll lose in the marketplace. If we can view it as that, as a competitive advantage, any one of those, the D, the E, or the I, then we won't find it so difficult to do. We won't find it to be so subjective because the numbers speak for themselves. What is the po- the, the pay policy of, of the people that are working for us, the women? Are they making the same? There's a, there's a, a thing that we're measuring called equal pay day. There's a black woman's equal pay day that's all the way in September of the following year that says that in 2021, white men made so much money, it'll take black women until September of 2022 in order to make the same amount that the men made in, in one year. It, it'll take a year and a half uh, or a year and three quarters for a black woman. Same thing with LGBT, same thing with uh, working moms. Their day, I think, is uh, is June or ju- maybe it's September also. Um, so so it's having an, the policy and understanding 
Are we paying people the same for the same kind of work? So if you believe it's a business issue and that you people will not quietly quit on you and you know that having the great people in your organization is going to help you win in the marketplace, then DE&I won't be such a big deal. We won't be so amazed that the Marlins got a, a female president, you know, last week or week before. It won't be a big deal. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, I mean, that, that's a, a fantastic perspective when it comes to that. I love this conversation with you. You're you're just kind of laying it out simply in front of us here. I mean, that's folks. Let's just call this real and go. Okay, how do we get to these benchmarks that we need to in order to to understand that we are treating people equally and fairly and with the right intention? So, I mean, it's it's really really cool. You wrote a book. When when they say you won't, tell us. I mean. It pretty much speaks for itself. But tell us, what is your perspective on that statement? Yeah, I, you know, the word they is interesting because there are people who showed me and told me that I would not win. And and when you're a person of color, you're a little girl, I call them little seeds of misdirection are given to us. Girls don't do science. Black men can't be hedge fund managers. You know, they all these seeds are planted in us and they seem to be harmless. You know, we don't do, girls can't do basketball or whatever. And they kind of lump people together as opposed to saying that one girl may have a proclivity to science. That one man over there may have a proclivity to, to the marketplace. And so these seeds of misdirection are planted and they grow up with us and they become these tall trees of what I'll call imposter syndrome that we know is what they called now. And their roots run really, really deep. And so my book is meant to be uh, an antidote. It's like they're, they've poisoned our careers or our passion. They've poisoned our purpose. They poison our profession. Even when we get to be older and we can escape that imposter syndrome, somehow somebody comes along and says, you know what? You can't do that. And so my book is designed to be an antidote to tell you, you can win when anybody, including yourself, we sometimes do the job of our people that don't want us to win because we, right? We say, oh, I can't do that. So the book is really uh, a how-to book. It's a, it's a book to inspire, encourage, empower, and instruct on the four steps that it takes in order to be able to win. It's what I did. It's what I've seen other people do. I've just been able to systematize it into these four simple steps. Awesome. That's amazing. Do you, will you give us the steps real quick? Oh, sure. The steps are, um, it, it's edit is what the steps become in terms of a, a, a word, E-D-I-T. And edit means change. So this says change your life, change your how you think, because again, it's your mindset. Um, and then if you change your mindset, you'll change what you do in your expectations and you will change your outcomes. And so the edit, the E is for envision. It's like reimagine a new Daphne, a new, a new position for yourself. I want to learn how to swim. I want to be a better public speaker. I want to be a senior vice president. Envision that and, and reimagine yourself in that light. And I teach you and walk you through how to do that. And then the D is for design. Um, prepare yourself, you know, create a plan. And it's a risk-adjusted plan. You don't think about what could go only right. You also think as you're planning how to become this SVP, what could go wrong? And what do I need to do to mitigate, you know, these things that could go wrong? They're headwinds and tailwinds that we talk about in the book. Um, and then after you've created your plan of action, then um, you iterate it. You experience it. You put it to work. You, you let people... Uh, see you talk when you wanted to test your your speaking skills. You learn how to get into the pool and learn how to swim, or you learn how to handle those big bodacious 
projects that nobody wants to cover, um, nobody wants to handle, but you want to handle it. So you go and you experiment and put your thing out there and you don't quit. You wait, you get feedback from the market and that feedback could be negative. It could be positive, but Companies get feedback all the time. They don't cry. They don't quit when the revenue goes down or market share is is taking a taking a dive. They don't they don't quit. They look at that data strategically, not personally, and they find a way to win. They find a way to say what's the pattern that we're noticing here, and then we say, okay, what do we need to do to tweak our our plan, and then we go right back in it. And so, if companies can do that, so can we. And so that's that's the iterate. You you iterate, go back and forth, you go back and forth, but you don't quit. And then the T is you've transformed. You didn't swim before. Now you can. You were a, a VP. Now you're an SVP. Or maybe you're halfway there, but you're not in the same place that you were before. You used to wear a size eight shoe. Now you're kind of wearing a little bit bigger shoe. Now you're like a size eight and a half. And so you sit there and you transformed yourself. But as you do that, you're also transforming people around you because now you have a new mindset and you're helping them with their mindset. And so the transformation is where you are pushing and pulling. You're going forward yourself to a new place. But you know what? You're pulling people along with you. And that's what it's all about. Awesome. Everybody, make sure you check out Daphne's book, Win When They Say You Won't. Uh, available from all, from all of your major booksellers here. And it has some fantastic reviews, by the way. I, I have it up on Amazon. Thank you. Daphne, this has been such an amazing time with you. You are a really good storyteller, too. I mean, this is, this is fantastic. So thank you for being here. And, and thank you for all that you have done to really overcome some of these stigmas in, in life and, and the challenges that so many encounter and you encountered those as well and you're you're a great role model you're a great leader and this is just a fantastic interview you're a great friend so thank you i've got a question for you that i ask all of our guests how do you start your day with a win well one of the things that i talk about in the book is my five f's the things that really make us successful um, it's our faith our family our fitness our finances and furthering our career i start my day with the win by focusing on two of those things my faith my three of those things, my faith, my my fitness and my family. So I kiss my husband good morning or I call him if I'm out of town. I go to the gym. I don't do a gym at night. I do gym during the morning when I first wake up and I thank God for being alive. Awesome. Awesome. Daphne E. Jones, author, leader, CIO, and I mean, just a killer person. Thank you for being on Start With A Win. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. And thank you, Mark. I'm going to keep dancing my way <laughs> off the screen. Hey, and thank you for listening to Start With a Win. Hey, if you want more great content, head over to adamcontos.com. There you can find uh, links to show notes. You can get blog posts and other social content, uh, as well as secrets to managing your time like the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. So lot to, lot to learn. Head over to adamcontos.com. Remember, until next time, start with a win. <laughs> <laughs>